You can, sure. Hey guys, Toolman Tim here. Welcome back to the workshop where we create community, find freedom, promote preparedness, and share success. It is January 30th, 2022. I got the year right this time, and it's episode 64 of the workshop podcast. So we are in for a treat tonight. I've got an awesome guest coming up in just a minute. It's Ryan from the Next Generation Podcast, otherwise known as Prepper Dad. But uh, real quick, before we dive in, uh, get a little housekeeping out of the way, like always. Number one, Telegram chat. If you haven't gone over there yet, we're starting to get a few people uh, dribble in in dribs and drabs. It's really nice. I want I want a place where the workshop community can come together and just chat. It can kind of have an ongoing chat. I've really gotten <laughs> addicted. I don't know if that's the right word, Telegram or not, but it's been, become a really good spot where you can just kind of have a conversation flowing over time. So drop by. The link to that is in the description below. Number two, if you're looking for gear recommendations, toolmantim.shop is a place to drop in. I've got right now uh, just over 100 items, stuff I've used and abused, stuff that's made me money or saved me money in my handyman business. And of course, my favorite category, which is getting bigger by the day, is the uh, prepper gear. So run by there, check it out. Anything you pick up will help support the channel. And even if you don't buy anything, you just start your Amazon shopping from there. It'll uh, bring a small percentage back to support it. So, um, and... Another cool thing, if you guys are kind of within the vicinity of uh, Nashville, I'm going to be in that area for the last two weeks of April at uh, Nicole um, Sauce's Living Free in Tennessee Spring Workshop. So if anybody wants to do any real world in uh, in real life kind of uh, meetups, I would love to do that. And uh, one more thing, tonight, I've never done this before, but tonight's episode is going to be dedicated to Sam. Now you guys won't know who Sam is, but... If you live in a small town or if you're a handyman or work in the trades or anything, there's always that one hardware store that is older than dirt and you just, you, you know, you can find things, you go in there and there's like a Robocop toy on the shelf from 1994 and he has, you know, 17 electrical connections that you always need. Anyway, just before the show went live, I got word that Sam passed away today. And he's a good buddy of mine, always give me good deals, had the best ammo and gun selection in the town, and just had, you went into this place, and it had dirt upon dirt upon dirt, but Sam had everything, and he could always find everything. And every town has a Sam, or most small towns do, and I'm going to miss him. So I figured it's my show, I get to dedicate it if I want to, and uh, tonight is to Sam, so I'm going to miss him. Anyway, from that, let's bring on Ryan. Hang in there, we'll bring you up. Hey man, how are you? Great. How are you doing, Tim? Not bad at all. I've been looking forward to this. We, I uh, started listening to your uh, your show before I got on PBN, and nice. uh, I kind of really I love your content. I love the concept you do, and then we've had some chats behind the scenes, and I knew I had to get you on. So, well, it's an tell honor. Us, it's really cool. Tell so for the workshop community, tell us who Ryan is, and how do you? I can never pronounce your last name properly. So start with that. Yeah, last name is Buford. Uh, Buford. <clears throat> yeah, it's a French abomination from from years ago. It used to be spelled differently, and they kind of Americanized it right right before the Civil War. And, and it is it what happens. it is now. Yeah, so, yeah. So um, uh, you're from the next. Yeah, tell tell me. Well, where where do you live? What do you do? Tell me your story a little bit. So yeah, I live in the Pacific Northwest. Um, I gosh, where do I start? Um, I came from a trades background and moved into the safety arena. Um, so I used to work in selective demolition and hazardous materials and that kind of thing. And, uh, 
spent a lot of time on the road, a lot of time away from home. And I realized that a lot of the survival skills that I knew and learned growing up, my kids weren't learning in school. So uh, I moved out to a homestead in the Pacific Northwest region, uh, not too far from you, actually, Southwise, anyway. Uh, and it's uh, it's been quite an experiment experience. It's something I wanted to share with my kids. And in fact, a lot of the move itself was inspired by Nicole Sauce over at Living Free in Tennessee. So I listened to her first couple of podcasts in the very beginning and got hooked. I thought she was awesome. Uh, and I decided, you know what, uh, I'm going to keep going with this and see what I can do and set up on a homestead and um, kind of made the deep dive. And as I started doing that, uh, I was taking my son along with me in this journey. And I had a someone who stayed with us for a little while, a, a, an escapee, so to speak, from the Seattle area. And she noticed what we were doing and she pulled me aside and said, Hey, you really need to tell people what you're doing here. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, I'm just living life. This is, mm -hmm. this is it's like, no, you don't understand. People need to know what you're doing because people don't get this anymore. People don't understand the concept of, you know, teaching kids early and having these skills and building these, uh, these skill sets that can carry on through the rest of life. And, and I was like, yeah, well, whatever. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's part of being a dad, you know, it's part of, being, and mom's out there too. They do the same thing, but, uh, I quickly realized even, and, and one of the things that she pointed out, she's like, you always do these projects with your son. You do everything with him. And I was like, well, yeah, because, I'm engaging him, you know, we're, we're learning stuff together and we're messing up together and we're, we're gaining skills and stuff like that along the way. And, and so I reached out to the, at the time, the owner of uh, prepper broadcasting and said, Hey, uh, I'm interested in doing a show. This is kind of what I'm thinking about. And, uh, that was almost four years ago now. And it's really been quite a journey. Colin's been with me the entire way. He's my son. He's my co-host, uh, with the most, uh, and he really, uh, he's, if you listen to some of the earlier episodes, you can actually hear his voice change and his growth as a human being change and the way he looks at life, uh, how that's changed from being, a uh, kind of an inactive participant to being an active, engaged individual, you know, a strapping young lad, so to speak. And it's been pretty cool as a father and a parent to, to see that transition. And that's really what I wanted to do and, and kind of share that experience with him, but also with the rest of the prepper community because of, uh, you know, the stigma that we are given as preppers, as far as, you know, hoarding stuff and stockpiling and, you know, getting out the night vision goggles every time the neighbor drives by or something like that. But, you know, so might have, one real quick uh, note there, guys, in case Ryan kicks out for a second. He's on Starlink Internet, so every so often it'll kick out. So if you can get yeah. you Sorry there, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, no, it's okay. I'll just, yeah, if you, if you if you kick out at any time, I'll just, I'll fill in for a second because it has to do with the satellites, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we're out in the sticks and uh, good old Elon Musk set us up. So uh, we're just doing our best to try and keep it going. So if I do... Taper off. Just know that I'm still here. <laughs> no worries. And I'm good at filling in the, the gap. So no, no problem. And you guys so wrote a book, did you? 
Yeah. So uh, after the first year, so at, at the end of every podcast, we do a project, a pint size proper project. So uh, it's been kind of this uh, shirt tail thing that was actually a fluke because I needed to fill time in the first episodes. And I was like, you know what, let's just do a quick project, something that can demonstrate this topic that we're talking about today uh, on the podcast. So uh, the, most of these were physical things like, you know, using cinder blocks to build a, uh, uh, like a small, what do you call it? Uh, like a rocket stove, Yeah, yeah. you know, um, you know, building pallet, building pallet planters. And, uh, we, I think we build a bat box, you know, the idea that these different things work together and, and can be used to encourage life around you and still be able to survive and that kind of thing using materials that are just readily available. Uh, plus building skills like using power tools and measuring out and using uh, getting familiar with hardware and stuff like that. So we took the first, I don't know, 28 projects or something like that and uh, developed a, a book that was uh, pretty successful. I mean, it's successful in, as far as you can gauge success uh, for a first time book. And uh, it's uh to me, it was it was uh, kind of a cool thing to do. Not only it kind of solidified everything that we were doing together and became something that I could share with other people in a tangible way, in a, a physical form. So, if people don't know about the podcast, you know, someone who they know who knows about the podcast might send them a book or something like that with something that they could do with their kids. You know. Um, whether it's about survival or just engaging kids. So that's kind of where that came to be. And, and you guys have uh, beyond that, you branched out into entrepreneurship too. You guys are doing some apples now too. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's really one of our cool. newest ventures. I mean, I've, I've got my hands in all kinds of stuff, but this is one of my, my newest things that I'm really excited about. Um, I live in Washington state and Washington state is renowned for apples, uh, just like Georgia for peaches or, uh, you know, on down the line, uh, blackberries in Oregon, that kind of thing. But, uh, I decided, you know, I have the ability to, to preserve apples in a way that a lot of people don't and capture, uh, in a way that a lot of people don't by freeze drying them. So I started a small freeze drying business. I'm, I'm keeping it small at the moment. I do have the ability to sell online, but the majority of it's going to be at like farmer's markets and things like that nature. Um, but it's kind of neat because I'm, I'm starting to see the value in some of the things that actually uh, that I learned from um, Nicole Sauce's podcast and, and the whole survival podcast. The idea that you need to be an entrepreneur and, and reach out to what you can do, what, what you're physically capable of creating a product or a service or something for other people. And uh, I got to say these they're app. I, I'm not a fan of fruit. I'm not a fan of anything like that, uh, but I will eat and uh anybody who's ever tried them knows exactly what i mean they're they're pretty amazing i'm gonna have to get some from you because i'm sure they're better than uh my grandmother used to dry apples by putting them on a string and hanging them up in her attic yep <laughs> they were okay but they always had this kind of ah, that musty attic taste to them you know like yeah. they, they were okay yeah yeah so yeah and it's different so drying apples so you got to there's always a difference if you're drying apples on the line or on a dehydrator it's totally different you get more of a leathery tough texture mm. freeze-dried they're crispy like a cheeto oh. and uh it's a really strange texture and I, i'll send you some just, just let me your address 
after we're done here and then we'll i'll send you a couple packages they're they're something else i mean you really can't even really describe them uh, other than that it's like an apple cheeto you know it's, it's pretty cool, cool. <laughs> martinson family said mm, asbestos and yeah my grandmother's house was old enough that there probably was a little asbestos in the apples yeah. you know so <laughs> yeah that's why they last long absolutely yeah they're good forever you know right. so so I brought you on like, uh, well, another thing I went, I, I started working my way back through your guys' back episodes when I had time. And one of them that really jumped out before this USB one was the, uh, um, when you guys flew, I think it was for prepper camp. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I took some of those when, cause I flew at Christmas time to visit my uh, parents. So I, I did take some tips out of that show, which was really cool. And, um, so now, uh, what was it back in? I had to look back. You know, it's been over three months or just about three months since you did this USB prepping episode. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. Um, but it was it was pretty cool. And um, I'm sorry, I cut out there for a little bit after you were talking about. That's okay. About, um, so, yeah. So, three. yeah. Anyway, so it's been three months since you did that. And I, I first off, the first time we got to chat, I was like, I think we're on the same page. And when you did that USB episode, I'm like, yeah, his brain works the same. I love it. Because I, yeah. I I mean, not that you have favorites because you never want to have your favorite kid. Although Charlotte's listening tonight. She's in the audience. So <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, but, um, you know, so if I have to pick every week, the first podcast out of PBM I listen to might be yours. And then we go. Hey, there, you know? awesome. That's great. <laughs> yeah, you know how it is. So, well, you anyway. know, and the best thing is, is uh, when I ask people what their favorite thing about the show is that everybody says Colin. It's like, what the heck? I'm, you know, I'm usually the one doing all the work. But, they have you know, to, though. That, that's just what we to. have to say. Yeah, yeah. So. He is pretty cool, but yeah, um, yeah, I, I think our brains do work a lot alike. And I think, uh, a lot of the reasons why that USB, uh, show kicked into me was, uh, because of the power of how tools can work together. And that's yes. why I wanted to, to come on and talk about this more because even during that show that I did, you know, our show is about an hour long and thank you by the way, for the compliments. Oh, it's always <laughs> nice to hear that kind of stuff. Um, but when, even, even the time frame that we had together to, to talk about the, the couple of tools that we were referring to, that's not nearly enough to, to get into some of the stuff that you can use to work together when it comes to USB and the power of USB rechargeable devices in your own toolbox. So there's like some that this. I didn't uh, get to share on that show that I hopefully we can have time to talk about tonight. Oh, yeah. If we go a little long, I'm okay with that too. You know, never, never a big deal, but... Um, <clears throat> I just I just posted on social the other day. Uh, this is in the same ballpark, but Dewalt has a brand new battery topper coming out. Oh my god! I'm a Dewalt guy, right? But yeah, it's uh, it's good. It's USB C. It's uh, comes with a hundred watt AC adapter. No, sorry, a hundred watt uh, USB C cable and a sixty five watt uh, AC adapter to plug in the wall. But you can upgrade it to a hundred as well. Ooh. But the cool thing is, so number one, you'll be able to use your dewalt battery as usb charging so you got that right but it's a two-way connector so you can now take your dewalt battery and plug it into a usb port and charge your dewalt battery no way yeah yeah it's that's awesome yeah it's gonna be a hundred bucks so i i'd pay a hundred bucks for that i mean i know it's still 99 but yeah and oh go ahead sorry i was gonna say i'm a dewalt guy too and uh i've always had a lot of faith in their products um, I'm also a huge fan of Milwaukee and it's kind of like head to head at work, you know, the, the, the <laughs> Milwaukee guys versus the DeWalt guys. And, um, that's really cool. And, and I hope that some of the battery technology starts to, um, to converge on 
charging systems like USB because of the, the, the ability to, to really make take some of those battery packs that you use for your tools and use them to charge your phone or use them to charge something else or be able to use your battery pack your um like your um power banks to be able to charge your dewalt power tools and be able to keep going off grid it's really cool i love it and then so i know we weren't gonna well anyway ryobi just come out with also these new they're uh, lithium ion but they're I don't know they're about the size of like two or three 18650 batteries and they're for small things so like handheld screwdrivers grinders or uh um oh, you know the little multi-tools and stuff yeah yeah, yeah. but the battery has a usb port built right into it nice so you, yeah so it's coming and i did you and you've seen the new dewalt power stack batteries they're i don't anyway they're new too so they're using lithium polymer poaches for the batteries inside instead of 18650 cylindrical so they can get they get them from uh the uh, rc car market oh so yeah they can pack the the individual cells closer together so wow. what they're getting is a lighter battery with way more power in the same spot. nice so it's all coming you know but yeah. yeah yeah phoenix um in fact i don't know if i talked about this on the previous show but phoenix batteries is one of the first, and I was going to share this with you guys too. I don't know if I can drop links into this or not, but um, I think you, yeah. If, can you type in, try the, the main comments. Can you see that on the side there where Sunny see. Lane Camper and that are talking? I think you oh yeah. Too. yeah. Yeah. You can put it right there. We there. Go. Oh shoot. Okay, cool. Yeah, Let's yeah, see. Yeah. How do I let me see if I can type in here, but yeah, I'll try and s- drop some links in for the folks that are here. Absolutely, man. Somehow if I can do it. Um, if not, I'll just drop it in there and see what happens. So Phoenix, can oh, you see that? Okay. Perfect. Yeah, I get it in the private so chat. Phoenix I'll, I'll copy it over. is one of the first things that kind of got me under this rabbit hole about USB charging because these guys have batteries and not just batteries, but uh, USB rechargeable batteries. You actually stick the uh, USB cord into the battery itself instead of relying on the battery to sit inside of a charger. They have AA batteries, and this is where it gets powerful because you take a AA battery and you can increase the milliamp hour power of a AA battery to be able to last two, three, four, five times as long. And you can recharge that same battery using a USB cable 30, 40, 50 times uh, until the battery basically, you know, falls apart. And I've used that. uh, to in some of my everyday carry flashlights before, but they also have different size batteries. So like your CR123 batteries, the ones that you use for your, uh, a lot of guys use them for scopes, red dot sites mm-hmm. and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, those are a pain in the butt to find. Uh, and especially if things go downhill. So if you have one that you can recharge, and especially if you're like me and you forget to turn the dial, uh, <laughs> so it's all the way off and your red dot, all the, all the, you know, all of a sudden dies on you or you pull it out and it's dead, you can actually recharge a CR-123 battery and have one that has more power than the one you get off the shelf. Um, It's really pretty impressive. What they have at Phoenix is amazing. And the USB port plugs right into the battery, which is pretty cool. So they, so, and they'll work in any standard, you know, anything that would take the CR batteries or the, or double A's or whatever. And how do you know without like, how do they get uh, extra capacity in those batteries? I have no idea. They're the same size, 
but okay. the capacity increases based on whatever your needs are. They do get hot. And, okay. and they, especially if you have LEDs, which I was using is to power LED flashlights and yeah. they stay bright and they stay on when they go off, they're done. So they don't, they don't fade out, but, um, and they do get hot, but they will last more than a typical AA battery. Plus you can recharge them on a USB. So, man, I have got to check those out. That is cool. I'd never yeah. even heard of them. So yeah. Because that's the thing, like uh, standardization. That's um, mm-hmm. I think in preparedness. I don't know. Like like you said, some guys are Milwaukee, some guys are Dewalt, and for me, it's just whatever you like. Stick with one for the best you can. Because if you lose one, you've always got backup batteries. You've always, you know what I mean. And mm-hmm. with USB devices, of course, you can standardize on your AC adapter, standardize on your cables. There's there's so much there. I love yeah. that. I. And then that eliminates the need to have an external or an extra charger as well, yes, right? Exactly. As long as you have a cord or at least some place to plug in uh, your USB uh, charger, you're you're usually in good shape. That is cool. I got it. Yeah, I got to check those out. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that's really yeah. neat. Um, so I get. Where do we start? Power sources. Yeah. What do you want to? Yeah. So okay. So I kind of broke this up in a couple of different ways. I put one as uh, the, like everyday carry type stuff. The actual because I'm a gear junkie. Um, we all are, I think, at heart, yep. especially uh, <laughs> those of us in the preparedness community. Um, but the everyday carry side, uh, the things that I usually carry with me or have in my truck, uh, or on the job site for that matter, charging system. Because obviously, once the battery runs out, you got to have a way to refill that battery, whether you're able to plug it into a wall or your car, cigarette lighter adapter or a power bank or whatever, solar systems. Uh, and then the last thing I have is wearable tools. Uh, this is one thing that I think uh, that I was exposed to last winter. Last winter or the winter before? I think it was last winter when I started uh, doing a side hustle, plowing sidewalks with my four-wheeler. And I was plowing in the rain and, or, you know, freezing rain and snow in uh, Air Force hand-me-down parka. And I was freezing my you-know-what off. (laughs) But what, you know, the thing is, is you, you can add layers and add layers but at the end of the day, if you're still cold when you're driving 20 miles an hour pushing snow in the rain, uh, you're you're done. You you can only handle so much. So I really started looking into heated options and and started investing in some of this gear, and found that it was so uh, so much worth the money that I started buying it for other people. Um, and those three the three things that one of them I I've bought for other folks because it's it's more like hey look. You know, honey, I want you to have this in your car. Just keep a battery and and charge. I'll I'll charge it up for you. You just put this thing under the seat. And if you get stuck in the snow, uh, you can throw this vest on, plug it in, and it'll keep you warm for about eight hours. When you're done, yeah, I mean, you can can turn on your car for two hours and charge, you know, however many power banks you have available and plug them right into the vest and go another eight hours. Um. And the way that works when you realize the power of USB rechargeable devices and heating and, and cooling and things like that, um, the technology that we have is not, in my opinion, being utilized as much as it should be in the preparedness community. 
Um, so I, I found three different things that I was going to at least share with the folks to show you kind of some ideas of this. One of them is a heated base layer. Uh, and that, and all these things are washable, which is pretty cool, uh, because you can throw them in the laundry and, you know, obviously not with the battery, but you can throw them in the laundry and you can stay warm, even if you're in sub-zero temperatures for extended periods, but, uh, heated base layer, layer, heated gloves, which, uh, if you've ever had, yeah, if you've ever had to, uh, to operate a four-wheeler outside in the snow or a snowmobile or something, and you're not, uh, you're not top shelf enough to have the heated you know, hand grips or anything like that. Uh, your backup is something like this. And, you know, it, I don't know about you, but I've spent too much time in the cold uh, to where my hands um, are extremely sensitive to cold. It's almost like the opposite of heat stroke, but for my mm -hmm. hands. Yep. Uh, so gloves for me are a, are a big deal. So and that, and then just heated vests. Um, you know, these, these three layers are things that I have found to be extremely valuable as tools that you don't necessarily need to do anything with. You can just keep them charged up and throw them under the seat or throw them in your toolbox, throw them in your whatever, uh, you know, motorcycle side bag, saddle bags or something like that and, and be able to get through those cold times. And I, I think, you know, that little bit of warmth goes a long ways. Did you um few, did you have any brands or are there certain ones you've tried? Uh, the actually the ones that I tried were a bit of a risk uh, because they were just off brands from Amazon. Yeah. Okay. And I figured, you know what, I'm going to try it first. I'm going to spend almost nothing and see how it does. Um, the ones that I dropped into chat are just ones that I found as examples. Um, Send that but, over to the guys here. Yeah, and you can. I'm not sure I'm able to. Maybe I could. I don't know if I can switch the chat over, but. Um, I know I, gotta, I can. I know I, I can figure out how to, to do you, that so. for you. Sorry, I'll, I'll figure That's it out for the next time you're on the show. So sure. get it working. Yeah. But yeah, I found that those were pretty useful, and and uh, I figured it, if I was if it wasn't work, then at least I'm not out that much money. And and if you want to spend more money on it, you can. The, the cool thing about these now is that a lot of people are discounting this stuff right now, and I'm a cheap sob. So. Yes. When, when the end of winter hits is the time to go and get those heated vests, heated gloves, heated base layers, and that way you can save a couple bucks on the back end and have it ready for next year. You're a man after my own heart. So I just bought Christmas lights for next year. Yeah. Last year, I bought a oh, I bought a pallet of salt for $0.74 cents a bag. Nice. And Because uh, I, I do snow removal, and I said I'll never go through a whole pallet in a year. I've already bought a second half pallet so far this Whoa. year. So we're, yeah. But... Um, so a thought here, like, um, one thing when we're talking about, cause you said we don't use, we don't utilize USB technology in the preparedness community, maybe, or sorry, technology in general in the preparedness community, like we are, because sometimes we always think, uh, you know, we're always like, well, what happens when we have an EMP? None of this shit will be around. Well, you know what? That's worst case scenario, right? Like, I think we need to embrace this stuff. What do you, what do you think? Oh yeah, that? absolutely. And the thing is, is even if they're is something like an, an EMP. These are all things that can be stored in a way that are, will not be impacted by an EMP. Mm -hmm. uh, whether you put them in a metal trash can with insulation on all sides, or you can, there's actually a bag that, um, that I, I don't have the link for it, um, but they're called Mission Darkness. And they have EMP proof bags. Um, of course, it's kind of hard to test that kind of thing, but... <laughs> uh, but I have actually, I have sat there with someone next to me where they have uh, like, uh, they can airdrop to my phone. Like they can recognize my phone is there. 
And then as soon as I slide my phone into that bag, I disappear. My phone just is like, it's not even, doesn't even exist. And uh, so I have those bags that I keep on hand for things like hard drives or backup uh, devices, USB things, things that I do not want to fail. And I can throw that in a metal container and it's insulated on all sides. So even if something were to get through a metal container, it wouldn't impact that bag on the inside. That's something I need to do. I haven't yeah. built myself a Faraday cage yet or, or some sort of Faraday storage, you know, and that'll be, yeah, I try to, you always think a thousand things we want to do, but we don't always get there, do we? <laughs> well, I mean, in a lot of ways, a, a gun safe is a Faraday cage. True. So I, I keep some of my technology inside gun cases, like, and things that I want to keep like backup hard drives, USB drives, things that have sensitive information or something that like, I keep my two way radios in there, yes. that kind of stuff. What about, um, you talk about wearables, this one's kind of in the ballpark, but the, um, you talked, I think last time about the Zippo hand warmers. Oh I yeah. I wanting to buy one, but I have it. And I think Brian are, uh, from the lots project. I think he just did a review on it. He's in the chat tonight too. So you like, they're those? awesome. Oh, I bought one and actually I bought one for my dad and mm -hmm. uh, my son bought one for his girlfriend. I, I wasn't quite sure how they were going to work out. Cause I'm familiar with this old Zippo style where you put lighter fluid in them. And I keep mm -hmm. one of those in my truck bag. Um, but I tell you, so I actually used mine uh, this winter because we were, we were doing water testing with my job for what we do. And it was, we were in sub-zero temperatures, which is stupid to even do any water testing and that kind of stuff. But you're, <laughs> you are, it's impossible to get your hand to not get your hands wet, even if you're wearing gloves and I tell you that thing, it was a lifesaver. I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't sure how well it was going to work, but, um, uh, they stay warm for a long period of time and I don't have to pack around lighter fluid. It's all USB rechargeable. Plus it doubles as a battery bank. Um, extremely valuable. And you see this kind of thing happening where, when you have a device that requires a battery for usage, that battery doubles as a battery bank. And some of the other things that I have here are similar. You know, they, a lot of these things are working together. And when you learn how to daisy chain this stuff together, or, you know, maybe I don't need my hand warmer in the middle of summer, but I can use that hand warmer to power a humidifier that can be used to purify water. Mm -hmm. And when you see how these things work together, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty impressive. Um, but yeah, that hand warmer lifesaver. If, if you don't already have a Zippo with lighter fluid, um, I would definitely get at least a USB rechargeable one because you can use it to power to. your phone and everything else. 40 bucks, it. 50 man, bucks. Cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're, let's work through your list, man. What do you got? So let's go through some of the U through some of the everyday carry stuff. Um, I dropped the Phoenix batteries in those. I keep on hand just as a backup. I, I mean, just a couple of double a batteries is really all I keep on hand, but they do have other ones. Um, this is one, uh, that I mentioned it just a second ago, but a USB humidifier. Yeah. I keep, I keep one of these. So I have a duffel bag that I keep on hand in case I need to build kits or whatever, if I need to grab something, it's kind of like a junk drawer, uh, that's not in a drawer. And I found that doing that is pretty handy because if you find something that's like, ah, I could probably use this later, but I don't need it now. I throw it in the duffel bag and then it, I know that, hey, you know, it's in there. The USB humidifier, I actually have one that's about, it's about the size of a, 
one of those white donuts that you get from the gas station, you know, yeah. those little power. It's about that size, maybe a little bit thinner. And uh, essentially what it does is it plugs into a USB port and you set it on top of water. And what it'll do is it'll vaporize that water out. And you wouldn't think that that would be a survival tool. But on the other hand, if you have water, but you don't have a purification system on hand, you can take something like this and put it into, you know, basically fill up a water bottle, put the humidifier in it, this particular one that I dropped into chat, and uh, plug it into a USB port or, or a battery source, and it'll vaporize the water off the top. What's powerful about this is you don't need to filter the water because when it gets vaporized, it takes the liquid and vaporizes the water into pure water. If you want, you can you know, go on and do additional filtration if you feel that way. But if you were in a really extreme scenario, there is a potential to be able to use something like this for filtering your own excrement if you had to, or water, wastewater from somewhere else, because it's not going to pick up the viruses, bacteria, protozoa. It's just going to take pure water. And what you do is you basically, you put it on the water source and allow it to humidify and you capture the humidification into a, an inverted cup or a piece of plastic or something like that and just allow it to drip into a container. That is slick. And then yeah. you had a, last time you had a UV, UVC filter too, didn't you? That yeah, that USB. was another one. Yeah, it was a bottle that is actually designed to be able to filter water and kill bacteria and stuff like that. And you just plug it in and it... I think it has a battery on it. I can't remember. That was pretty spendy. I don't have that one in front of me. It was probably, I don't know, hundred bucks or 200 bucks for a water bottle, but you know, in a pinch, you could always, I mean, throw something like that together. It, it, these U, USB humidifiers are a lot cheaper. I think this one was like oh, 17 bucks, 18 bucks, something like that. I've gotten them from the dollar store or, you know, a couple bucks elsewhere. I got to, yeah, I got to check them out. And cause I was on wish earlier and uh, like Alibaba as well, just to see what yeah. they had. Cause sometimes you see some real weird stuff on there. And I did see a couple of humidifiers, but they were quite a bit bigger. So I, I like yeah. this. I love simple yeah. and cheap and use it for something that's not supposed to be used for, you know? Exactly. And see, the thing is, is I like to, when I, when it comes to preparedness and gear, I like to have gear that I can explain away. Yes. Like I'm not, you know, it's like, oh, I, you know, it's just, I, I keep it in my truck or my car because sometimes it gets hot in here or, or really dry in the, in this region. So I just throw it in there and stick it in and, and, you know, it moistens the air a little bit, whatever. Uh, or I stick it in my office, have something like this in my desk or in my office. No big deal. Right. People don't even think about it. It's not like, Oh, hardcore prepper gear. No, this is just, this is kind of where my mind tends to go is how can I take something that is commercially available and repurpose it in a way that can be used for survival. That's and it's a humidifier as well. So, yeah. you know, you could use it. <laughs> I Yeah, I'm a big fan of, of multiple oh, yeah. uses on that stuff. Yeah, and I'm usually, humidity is usually my my nemesis, but uh, at least at work anyway. But when it comes to survival, it's something that, like if you, f for example, if those those people who, there was a, an incident, you're, I'm not sure if your listeners would be aware of this or not, but there was an incident in Virginia not too long ago where, uh yeah, Ted McDonald in chat. I, I'm going to stop right now, and I'm going to yeah, I'm going to say something because I go ahead, show it out, man. This. I want to so, hear it. Shout out to all the Canadian truckers out there on their way to Ottawa. Uh, you guys are rocking it, and the rest of the world is watching. 
Uh, I know that those of us here in the United States are somewhat envious that we didn't do it first, but on the <laughs> other hand, you know, see, I just heard that Trudeau kind of flew the coop earlier today and he's, he's in hiding and you've got hundreds of thousands of people who are standing up with one voice uniting Canada in a way that I don't think has been done in, I don't know how many decades. Uh, it, this is really impressive. And I think the rest of the world is watching to see what happens. And uh, I, I honestly think that this, this, what's happening right now with all of you truckers and everyone that's supporting them in this movement, it's going to have a snowball effect for the rest of the world. And uh, I got to just got to say shout out to you guys. And I'm, I'm glad everybody's supporting you on the way. Amen, brother. It's incredible. I, I don't think we've seen it coming. Uh, it no. just kind of, it was complete grassroots, like complete. It just, it went from like, there's been protests and things all along, but it was just all of a sudden you heard, Hey, there's some truckers going to head to Ottawa. And then they started a GoFundMe. And now it's like <laughs> almost $9 million. Yeah. And they've got the whole, the, the city shut down. There's truckers right now down in Medicine Hat at the American border. They're blocking the border there. Uh, Saskatchewan announced yesterday that they're going to end all restrictions on February 28th. Excellent. Uh, yeah, so that, that's first, you know. And I, if anybody follows, it'll be Alberta because we're as close to Texas and Canada as you're going to find. Yeah. So, yeah. Fuck yeah. Right on. Yeah, all right. Absolutely. Shout out. Way to go, yeah, yeah. Out. right on, man. That's awesome. Oh, I dropped an F-bomb. Sorry, guys. Anyway, yeah, yeah. we're all set. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so... So, what, uh, yeah, another one... So, yeah, like I mentioned before, uh, I'd like to have things that are somewhat English indistinguishable. It's just like a normal thing. It doesn't, you know, call me out as a prepper. Um, and one of the things I just dropped this link in, it's a KeySmart Pro. This is one thing that I would never have thought as a tool that could be useful to a prepper um, until I started using it. Uh, basically what the KeySmart Pro is, is a keychain that functions like a Swiss army knife. You put your keys in it and they can swing out, you know, and what's powerful about this is it's uh, set up with the tile system. I'm not sure if you're familiar with tile, yes. but a lot of people have tile for like, oh, you know, I lost my keys or I lost this or lost that. They throw a tile, lost my dog, lost my kid, whatever, throw a tile on it and you can track that particular thing. Well, the KeySmart Pro has this built into it, and it's so small. Uh, in fact, I have it in my pocket, I think. In fact, I'll show you this. I don't know if your listeners can see this. Oh, yeah, sure. So this right is up. the whoop, where's my camera? There it is. Yeah, it's always reversed. There you go. Yeah. So this is a KeySmart Pro. Oh. And it fans out like a Swiss Army knife. Whoop, Very sorry. cool. Yeah, no, you're good. And well, the cool thing is, is you can actually get certain things that are designed to go in it. As long as they fit the width of a key. Then you could put it in there. They have USB uh, drives, like memory drives. Yeah. Uh, I've been trying to figure out a way. Uh, have you ever heard of Havilon? Mm -mm. Okay. Havilon blades are like uh, surgical blades that oh. clip in. Yep. Uh, I've seen people use those, especially drywallers, yep. because you can swap them out and it makes a nice clean cut. And when it's done, you just toss the blade. They're super cheap, but you can get different kinds of blades for them. Um, and I've been trying to find a way to get a Havilon blade to fit inside one of these. Oh, um, yeah. if nothing else, you could always take a key and make it razor sharp, mm -hmm. right? A, the profile of a key, uh, for a small, uh, a knife type of thing. These are rechargeable. They've got a small USB port on the side. 
the charge lasts about 45 days. This is actually dead right now. Um, but there is a small flashlight on it too. The flashlight isn't very powerful. It's just kind of a gimmicky deal. But what's really powerful is what this does. So if I lose my keys, I can track them with If you were in a scenario, for example, where you need to be tracked or you want someone to find you, yes, then they can have access to your tile location. It's And it can be tracked from any phone, any computer. And I have one of these uh, for that reason. You know, obviously it works because, oh, I lose my keys all the time, right? I lose my keys, quote unquote. Yeah. <laughs> But the reality, and I've used it to find my keys before, the reality is that in some instances, if you ever need to be found, if you're out hiking in the woods, if you're hunting, if you're camping, if something should happen to you, it will tell you the last location that this thing was. Within so Bluetooth, it has, I think, do they transmit through Bluetooth or how does it? I have no idea how it works. But I can tell you that it works extremely well because, uh, it, and it'll, as long as the battery's charged and it'll charge will last about 45 days. I've tested that out, That's um, cool. which is pretty cool. Um, but what's really cool. And unfortunately this is dead because I, I didn't charge it before the show. <laughs> push a button on this and it'll back to your phone. So if I push a button on this, my phone will start to ring. Oh, if I look, if you know, if my phone is nearby, but I don't know where it is, I can find it. I found it in my sheets in my bed before. I found it behind yep. stuff in couch cushions. And it's extremely useful, especially if you want to find that. Uh, the way it works is, is kind of interesting, but essentially your phone pairs with this. And when that happens, you will, uh, you'll wind up getting uh, like a bullseye. And as you get closer, the bullseye narrows to the point where you're right over the top of it. And if you're, if you just got a pile of laundry or brush or debris, if you drop your keys while you're hunting or hiking, you can find your keys with your phone. It's really, awesome. it's really cool. So I, when we, sorry, I, when we uh, flew just recently, I discovered in Canada, I don't believe this is the case in the States at the moment, but I can travel uh, in my carry on with a multi-tool including yes. a multi-tool that has a blade that's six centimeters or less, which is like an inch and three quarters ish. So, cause I was able to take my DeWalt multi-tool. I had to open it up and show them it had a blade that long on it. So that you could take no problem at all. Uh, even if you had, you know, like a small blade in it or something, at least in Canada, I think I'm giving bad advice for the U S but I know in Canada, it's still good. So that's exactly why I wanted to put a Havilon blade in this. Hmm. Because I can remove the blade and ditch the blade and pick up another blade wherever I land. But I always have a razor knife on hand no matter where I am. That's great. Yeah, yeah. And we used air tags too. Uh, the Apple air tags, if you've seen them, they work on the same principle. I put Probably them in my luggage. Yep. And then when the plane would land, I knew where I knew the luggage came with us. So yeah. it's kind of cool. But yeah, right. sorry. Go ahead, man. Oh, I was just going to say, so this is my key chain. And a lot of preppers will show off their keys, right? Like all the stuff on them. <laughs> the only thing I have on here is this. And what this is, is a keychain that has three charging cords on it. Or three cords connected together. One of them okay. is a standard micro USB. The other one is an iPhone. And the other is a USB. What happens if I plug this USB charger in? It'll send power to either one of these two. So I can charge my keys 
as long as I have something to plug oh. this into. And you could use it for anything else too, really. Yes, sir. Because I don't know if you remember, but back in the day when people used to have Nokia phones, everybody had yep. Nokia phones. All you needed was someone with a Nokia phone and you could go charge your phone. If you didn't have a Nokia, if you had the little bean phone like I had, I don't even know what it was. It was the, the white bean phone, almost peanut phone or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, then you were pretty much screwed. You know, there's only so much you could do. And, and eventually as a cell phone, I realized kind of watching as a, as a young adult that these cell phone chargers were all using different chargers. And then all of a sudden they're starting to go toward this standardized form of charging. And it's like, well, wait a second, why don't we do that more often? Why don't we use our tools to do that and, and um, kind of make sure that everything works together. So um, the other thing, thing, the other thing that I have uh on my list of EDC is this. This is actually, so this is an iPhone, mm -hmm. but the case itself is what's called a Mophie case. Uh, sorry, M-O-P-H-I-E. You look at the back, it's got a button on it. Oh, yep. Is it a built-in battery? Yep, that's exactly what it is. So, um, but the thing is, what's cool about this is this is an iPhone, but I can charge it with a micro USB charger. Oh, wow. Which makes it to where it can work with all the other devices that I typically charge or have available. And that's one drawback that I have. It's like, I, I want an iPhone because of, you know, my ability to communicate and use certain apps, like, you know, track my phone or whatever, my, my laptop and stuff like that. But that difference in charging device was kind of a barrier because then I had to carry two types of cords. Now it, I can use the same cord to charge my phone, my keys, my AA batteries, all that kind of stuff with the same micro USB charger cord, charging cord, which I keep on my keychain. I love that. I got to get one of those. Yeah. That's are they pretty durable? It must be if it's on your keys. Oh yeah, in fact, um, they're they're actually very durable. This one's actually broken. You can kind of see okay. that I busted it open. I've dropped them all over the place, and um, you notice how this is rose gold. Yeah, it's real real pretty. Well, a <laughs> little secret. The black ones are a hundred bucks. This one is 15. Are you serious? So I bought two of them. Sure. So when that one goes, I, I mean, that's why it's like, ah, it's broken, but I'll just wear it. I'll just use it until it's done and go into the storage and grab the new one and slap it on there. No compatibility um, issues at all with huh. Apple. Cause Apple's so finicky sometimes. I thought it would be, but I have had no issues with it. I was really surprised. And this is this is the second case that I've had on this phone because the first one eventually did die. Uh, it just just wouldn't hold a charge. That is cool. I gotta yeah, I gotta look for one of those because we uh, um, if it, I'd like to see if they go to USB C at some point, and we mm -hmm. might have. Oh, here he is. He might be back. You back? Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Right on. Yeah, yeah. I hope they. I I'm hoping Apple goes to USB C. Apparently, mm -hmm. some of their new uh, iPads have gone to USB-C. Yep. So I would love to see an industry standard USB-C across the board, Yeah. you know, and then, then maybe we can be good for a decade or two, or at least yeah. a decade anyway. Right. <laughs> yeah. And you know, that's the thing is when the USB-C came out, I was like, shoot, now I gotta, I've got to rethink all of my USB stuff. Um, but a lot of what I do is, and, and kind of, as you're thinking through this, if you're buying gear, just make sure that you have uniform charging platforms across the board so like if you're if you've got USB-C on your phone and your ipad then you're going to want to find tools that can be charged with USB-C. 
So your KeySmart Pro, if you get one of those, you might you might pass it up because it uses the different. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, and uh, um, and maybe they have a USB C version as well. Um, that's the other thing. But as far yeah, like uh, what did we pick up just recently? There's been two or three things. I I bought um a hub for the top of my uh, desk and it has uh, it's like a powered hub and it sits on my nightstand. It has uh, eight ports in it, seven USB ports, including a quick charge and a USB-C. And it's great because it's a, it's a hardwired plugged into the wall, but it gives me a whole bunch of ports to just charge things from without needing the, uh, the AC adapter, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And you know, it's, that's one thing too, where it's like, if you can share power, uh, you know, you're only talking, you know, three amps to five amps uh, to be able to charge a device on one of those things. And if you were able to take that with you uh, with a battery bank or something like that and disperse that power out, you can charge several devices. When we were at Prepper Camp. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go. Keep going, man. I was going to say, when we were at Prepper Camp, that's how we were able to survive. We had no access to power. Uh, we had access to water. But uh, everything that we did, and we had to fly in, so we didn't, we couldn't just go to our car and charge stuff. You know, we couldn't leave to go to town to grab anything. And we survived for four days, basically camping out on nothing but two rollable solar panels, USB charging systems, and battery banks that kept my phone alive, my son's phone alive, our two-way radios alive. Plus uh, uh, some of the other devices that we had on hand. In fact, we kept, we were charging other people's devices there and it really stood up as a testament to how, what, how well you can get by on small pieces of communication and, and things like that. Um, I was second guessing myself when I decided, Hey, let's, we're going to this prepper camp thing. Let's take these two way radios in case we get separated. I was thinking more along the lines of like in the airport, if something should happen, you know, keep this, keep this on hand. But as it turns out, we did not have cell phone service at prepper camp. What happens when you don't have cell phone service? Your phone battery quicker. Yeah. It by dies super fast. Um, plus you can't communicate with each other via text or cell phone. Mm -hmm. So, uh, my son and I were able to walk around at prepper is a huge venue. Uh, and be able to communicate with two-way radios that we brought with us that were USB rechargeable. And we had the ability to be self-sufficient in that regard for several days. And, and however, I wanted to really for that matter, um, but it, it did stand up well. And we bought those uh, radios with that purpose because we wanted to be able to go kayaking and be able to communicate with each other on our kayaks using a USB rechargeable uh, device because of the solar systems that we have on board. So uh, it kind of goes to show how you can take these systems or these, these devices and pair them with other devices and make them work together like a, like your own human body, right? Mm -hmm. Your cardiovascular system and your lymph, lymph, lymphatic system and all these different systems that work together to keep us whole. Uh, that's kind of how I think about you know, the, the way these systems can work together. So you took the words of my mouth. That's what I was going to ask you. Talk about those. So, because that's what the missing link for us preppers, it would be those like that rollable solar system. So talk, cause that, that gives you complete, not just because what I love about USB is it's stored power, right? So, which is great. 
you can take it with you, but it's finite. You've only got yep. 10,000, 20,000 milliamps. But if you pair it with, yeah, talk about that rollable solar panel. I love that. Yeah. So I'm going to drop this in chat for the folks who are interested. Um, so I was partnered up with uh, Power Film Solar. It's a company out of Iowa, I believe. Uh, US made product. They developed a rollable solar panel that is basically a fabric. And they developed it for the U.S. military to be able to deploy in areas to be able to get power remotely. Excuse me. And uh, they have a couple of different styles, but the particular ones that I like have batteries incorporated with them and pass through charging, which is how we were able to survive. So basically, uh, these rollable solar panels come out uh, and it's it's not like the foldable kind that you would mm -hmm. typically see or a solar bank or anything it's actually like a scroll it rolls up like a scroll and uh you can use these things to charge your devices and and uh be able to live not off grid but at least sustain uh longer in the field so to speak and i have found so many uses for this rollable solar panel it's not even of how effective it is at charging stuff and being able to to basically keep my devices going the other one is the um uh, like uh, let me back up because those rollable solar panels i, I do want to give a little bit of shout out to those guys um yeah, there's a guy over there it. named seth and it's power film solar is the company film, um okay. uh the the systems these particular ones, the lightsaver product line, you can uh, do pass-through charging, but they can also be daisy-chained, which means that you can have two or three or four solar panels that are connected together and have an, basically the ability to charge more mm -hmm. and, and be able to get a little bit more juice out of those devices. If you do it right, you can, you can sustain uh, a lot more products or a lot more devices or whatever and i think when you're talking about early about like the systems of getting those to work and and the finite component with usb and rechargeable devices this is kind of the the achilles heel you have to supply power the other part is you have to recognize your ability to work within the parameters of the power that you have right and like it, as I see things develop with DeWalt and other uh, power tool companies, I want to see this stuff really take charge and, and excuse the pun, but I mean, really be able to show us what can be done with these types of tools and devices, because um, you are right now, we are limited to small things. We, we know we can store power. We know we can use it to heat. We know we can use it to do certain things, maybe power a light or set off a plasma lighter or something like that. But you're not going to be running a refrigerator off of USB power. You're not going to be running, you know, a, a space heater off of USB power. What you have to do is wrap your brain around getting the same comfort level as you would if, if you had a refrigerator, if you had a heater, if you had, you know, candles and lights and extrapolate that into something that you can use effectively and keep on hand and keep charged with a usb source so you really have to kind of rethink the way you're 
living. And if it's like, well, if the lights go out, what do I do? Pull out a flashlight. Well, what kind of flashlight? Oh, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. What's some high-end brand of flashlight? Uh, Streamlight. Streamlight. Yeah. You know, pull out your Streamlight flashlight. Okay, well, how do you charge it? Well, you got to plug it into the wall. Well, you got to plug it into your car. Well, you got to plug. Yeah. Right. This is where you kind of try to be a little bit more self-sufficient and work within the power parameters that you have or, or the, the, the restrictions that you might have. The solar panel is a huge answer to that. And I found that to be extremely useful because it is packable. It is something that you can throw in your pack, your dry bag, your luggage, and it's no questions asked. You know, you can, you can go through airport security. You can go anywhere with it. I've used them to when it's snowing outside full cloud cover, they still work. So pretty impressive. The other one, uh, and I keep in my, in my vehicle just, because if I got to run, then at least I'll have access to power if I got to hump it four miles or whatever. Um, the other one is uh, uh, Eton Corp, any of their products. This is actually the Red Cross um, AM, FM, NOAA radios that you can get. It's like a wind-up radio with a solar system on it. The solar doesn't. I'm not too impressed with it, uh, but what I am impressed with is the the power generation by turning a crank. You know, I, I keep one of these in my truck, something similar to that anyway, not that particular one, um, because of the ability to do two things. One, open up communication to find out what's going on around you, either weather-wise or on the radio itself, but two, to be able to charge your devices if you got nothing else. Uh, these things are basically sedentary they don't do anything until you actually run them but if you're stuck in a car if you're stuck in an airport if you're stuck out camping and you got a little kid with you sick them on that device and just make them turn it burn up <laughs> yeah. that energy and give me some power out of it little kid that's how you bottle kids energy right say <laughs> hey, uh dot com cowgirl says that uh, the youtubers s2 underground are big on the power film solar oh, panels they're huge. pricey but you get what you pay for so yeah. did I hear you right when you said there's a built-in battery in them as well? That's why I like these particular ones. Um, there's two of them. The small one is about half the size of a piece of dynamite. Okay. The, the larger one <laughs> Not is... that we know what the size of a dynamite is. But yeah. yeah, right. You know, uh, yeah. the larger one is probably... That's a good reference, point of reference. It's probably about two sticks of dynamite. Okay. And uh, so, you know, they're yeah, yeah, you know, like that. Yep. Uh, but, and obviously, the more battery bank you have, the more power you can store. Um, the smaller one is the one that I prefer because it works extremely well and it's extremely lightweight. It weighs almost nothing, which is perfect for packing. Uh, it's, you can throw it in, a, you know, a 72 hour bag or throw it in your truck bag or whatever and roll it out if you don't have power at the job site or something just have to get power to your phone or or potentially even these usb rechargeable battery systems that dewalt's coming out with yeah i mean if you could charge your power tools with a rollable solar panel you're talking some serious advantages over other people especially if you enter job sites and you don't have power yet that's awesome i so um do you know the wattage on that small solar panel by chance if you can't, it's okay, but did I it, don't. and if not, did, um, like, was it sufficient to keep your phone charged? Like, did it keep up with your phone usage, you know? 
That's all we used at Prepper okay. Camp was a small one. And what we did is we ran, because it has one USB charging port on one side. Okay. So you can actually charge the battery using an external source like a power bank. And it has basically a plug-in USB port on the other side. So what we did is we plugged in a USB port on the, the power side. As mm -hmm. the sun was up, we charged our devices and uh, we also charged a power bank. So we charged the phones. Yeah. I got to say the phones themselves, uh, we put those on airplane mode so that we would save battery because we couldn't use them anyway. Mm -hmm. um, so we kept our phones charged. We kept our two-way radios charged. Uh, and we also charged uh, flashlights and our um, our power banks. And what's where the power where the power comes into play is when you can take something like a solar solar panel and charge a power bank that you can use to keep yourself warm. If you got a heated base layer or heated gloves or something like that, or if you need to, uh, you know, charge up your Zippo layer or whatever, um, if you use that that solar panel properly, you can just continue to keep your devices charged up and not use the battery of the solar panel itself uh, but use that to charge the things that you can extend the life of it uh, of your other devices your your power banks your zippo lighters your whatever it might be and here's a thought too right so i had somebody mention this a while back in a youtube comment but so you've got all these usb devices and batteries and that kind of stuff now, say you're in a prolonged power outage, like, you know, we're, we're talking could be weeks, a month, who knows, right? So, and of course, fuel's limited, gas is limited. So you run, you run your generator for an hour a day. But during that time, you spend every bit of that energy charging up every power bank, everything you've got, and then you sip off that power for the next 23 hours. You know what yep. I mean? Absolutely. And in fact, uh, Energizer, I didn't really get into this one, but Energizer came out with a... Uh, basically an in-home generator that you plug into the wall yes. and it charges its own, it charges itself. When the power goes out, that thing kicks on and it gives you just enough power to run one or two devices. The thing is, is there's no fuel used. There's no uh, sound. There's no noise. You can do it, use it inside the house and uh, you can probably stave off, uh, especially if you do it that way, you know, you, you turn it on for an hour or two to charge all your devices and then, hold off, you know, do what you can for the next 24 hours. If you were to do that, you could extend the life of your generator and exposing yourself through a loud, noisy gas power generator. Yep. And in, in doing that, you could actually, you know, save fuel and, and wait it out. Yeah. Uh, essentially wait, wait it out and, and let, let the world happen outside. But you could also recharge the device with the generator that you just turned on. Yes. So, I mean, I don't know how many days you could get out of something like that if, you know, in the scenario that we're talking about, but if you could run a generator for say three or four hours, that's about half a tank. You're looking, depending on the size of the tank, you're looking at maybe a gallon. So for efficiency's sake, you could potentially burn a gallon's worth of fuel and uh, be able to keep yourself going another two or three days off the devices oh, that you have easily. Yeah, yeah, that is, I love it. And those, uh, I've actually got a chance. Uh, I've got a, a friend who bought a couple of the, I don't, nobody knows what to call them yet. They're either power stations, solar generators, you know, but 
I got a chance to test out a blue blue Yeti, I think it is, or something like that in another one. So I'm going to be doing that. But I think the, uh, I think the potential is limitless there. Like you can, you know what I mean? Like you, I think uh, Stephen Harris, he used to be on uh, the survival podcast. He's a backup power expert. And nice. he always talked about the uh, submarine mindset. So you'd run your generator during the day when mm -hmm. there's other background noise around, when people don't notice if your lights are on, when, mm -hmm. you know, maybe someone else has a generator going. And then he says at night when it's dark, you know, during the day, he has the battery bank. So it's a whole bunch of, uh, um, deep cycle batteries, you know, same as like what I have for my solar setup and you use your generator, you, you get it all in. And then he said at night, you go like the submarine that goes underwater and you just sip your power, you know, low and slow and you use that. And it, it gives you that, uh, that, uh, urban or suburban camouflage too. Right. Oh, it's huge. And you know, I, I used to work in some pretty, and, uh, usually the first thing that would go are the generators mm. on a job site. You know, if someone heard a generator going or an air compressor, you go to lunch, turn around, come back. You got cords cut, devices gone, hoses jacked, uh, and and you're you're at the hardware store trying to explain to your boss on the phone. Oh, by the way, you know we got to spend another two three hundred dollars on some tools and equipment because we're sitting in downtown, who knows what metro metropolitan area, and a bunch of tweakers took off with all of our stuff. I was going to say crackheads, but it works. Yeah. yeah. I, I swear they must live in the ground. They just sit there and wait. And it's like they walk. Yeah. I don't know. And I, I had somebody walk off, went right into my garage and walked off with my Honda EU 2000. Oh, oh, oh that's I painful. I, I was so sad. And I didn't even notice for like two days. And then I go out and I'm like, I have this metal shelf and it had sat there for a while. And, you know, it has a rubber feet on it. Yep. All I could see was where the four rubber feet used to sit in the dust. I was like, the dust. Marks. Oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ted says Duracell has a similar one that you can daisy chain batteries off to store the power. Yeah. Maybe I might be thinking of Dur Duracell. I saw it at Costco. It was like I was four or 500 bucks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, Super I, cheap. Yeah, I, I mean, it. really, if, if for the price of a generator, like even a Honda, those are what are those around twelve hundred bucks or something like that. Mm -hmm. If you're gonna spend that kind of coin, you could get two of those Duracell ones, and as soon as the power goes out, pull the plug on one, and you know, extend that life out as far as you can. So, They're like a souped-up universal power supply. Or, oh yeah. Uh, under, sorry, uninterrupt, uninterruptible power supply. You know. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, you know, kind of off on a tangent here, I was actually okay. looking at ways to because uninterruptible power supplies run off of twelve volts. Yes. What else runs off of twelve volts? What well, most any what well, your car vehicle runs off yeah, of twelve volts. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So I've been looking into ways of taking so server banks use twelve volt power supplies. Okay. To run those un uninterruptible batteries and sometimes they're long they're like you know two there's long as it's server bank you know yep. two three feet long and they're four inches tall and i uh, it's probably about six to seven centimeters tall by about so inches we don't use deep. centimeters up here oh perfect <laughs> no I'm just, we, I'm just kidding but kind of we do but we don't but yeah anyway keep going man so, so it's like four inches by six inches and uh i've thought about ways to mount them uh underneath the bed of my truck to be able to basically create my own uninterruptible power supply that I can keep charged uh, with my truck basically 
run a line from my alternator to keep these uninterruptible power supplies going and be able to plug into my truck uh, in the event that, oh, I don't got no power. Well, I could still plug into my truck. And the intention was actually, I want a backup for my block heater so that I could run a 12 volt heater under my block in the middle of winter time and not have to light a fire under my truck if it's sub-zero temperatures to get it going uh, just for maintenance and everything else. Cause I, if you can't plug in somewhere, how are you going to keep your truck going in the middle of winter? hundred percent. Now right. Ted, Ted there, uh, he, his biggest problem is, uh, making sure he doesn't suck the Florida sand into his truck. So he's okay. But he's, <laughs> always, jo- he's always joking with me because uh, I get a snorkel. Florida, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that's yeah. And in Alberta, you can pretty much guarantee if you pull into a parking lot, there'll be an outlet, but uh, I'm betting in Washington maybe not the case is it oh hell no unless you have a tesla right which uh, actually i'm working on uh, i've contacted this lady she she writes articles on electric vehicles and she's she's one of the electric vehicle pioneers like she her and her husband have had one for like over 10 years she talks about preparedness and nice uh anyway so I'd, i'm trying to get her on the show because i think there's a lot of this that overlaps, you know, oh, yeah. I love the idea of using, well, and you're, you're kind of tapping into it because you've got a mobile battery bank, you know, basically that you could I also a tap charger. In. Yeah. Right. Yes. And that's, everybody has a $40,000 generator sitting in their yard, you know, just hook up a 1500 watt inverter to your, your car, your vehicle, let it run and you're set. Right. But, oh, yeah. but I love the idea of you've got a mobile battery bank in your Tesla or whatever it happens to be. And you could, you know, potentially pretty soon, I think reverse feed to your house if there's a power outage, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, especially if you are in this, a big part of this comes down to being mindful of how you're using your power, Mm -hmm. you know, shut down that fridge, freezer, keep it closed, cook that stuff. And so it doesn't go to waste, but don't spend your power. Don't spend that energy on those devices like that. You know, you got to, think when it comes to survival you don't have a fridge uh well some most of us don't pack fridges in our camping gear right um we live off what we got usually dry goods things like that so uh in a major scenario where you don't have the ability to charge devices or power devices you got to think about that you know where the power you really need is going and how to substitute that power with something that can be used like a, a usb device Here's a, here's a thought experiment for you. Okay. So we've got water filtrations covered. We've got fire covered with a plasma lighter. We've got oh, sure. comms covered with mm-hmm. uh, USB radios. We have information covered mm-hmm. with your hand crank radios. But how about here? Here's the one that I am stretching my brain for and couldn't really find much. What about actually being able to cook food? Because we're limited to a hundred Watts, right? Coming through USB at the moment at the maximum. Mm-hmm. I've seen maybe a little bit, uh, there's a rice cooker on Alibaba that's supposedly hundred Watts, but I don't think it is. I, I bought a 200 watt rice cooker on Amazon. Mine is 200 Watts, but it will not run off this little, I bought a DeWalt inverter that's 200 Watts and it comes mm-hmm. off it. It won't quite run off that. So any thoughts? Okay. I I, so this yeah. is going to be kind of weird, but bear with me. If you go to the craft store, mm-hmm. Where all of us hardware, you know, tool packing kind of guys go, you will find a device that is used for 
uh, uh, aluminum brass foiling. Basically, what they do there, right quick. Let's go back. Sorry, uh, just before aluminum brass, what was it? A device that for foiling. Oh, foiling. Okay, sorry. Yeah. So basically, if you have a card and you're saying, you know, live, laugh, love on it or whatever, and you want to do it in a metal foil, you get your fake metal and you okay. take this device and it's basically a mini soldering iron. And okay. what you would do is you, and it heats up hot. I mean, it's, it's, it, it'll burn you if you're not holding it right. Um, and you, you touch the metal to the paper and you do that thing, right? You basically use it as a hot pencil and it sears the metal to the paper. I've, I've actually got one that runs off of a USB port. Really? So, and it takes some juice. So mm -hmm. you could, you might have to, I don't, I don't know if you could run it off a battery bank. I haven't tried, uh, but it gets hot enough to where you could potentially heat an element for a very small amount of heating. Um, and it, you would have to use it wisely. So like if you put it on the bottom of a can of food, yeah. You could potentially get it to boil. I've I've not tried that, but I it's worth a shot now. I mean, cooking is one thing where you're right. I mean, it's kind of like, yeah, you know, there's only so much you can do. Um, of course, my but, thought was use your arc plasma lighter to start a fire and then cook your food. But this is kind of a cool thought. You know, I was like, this, yeah, this is, yeah, I don't know. I, and I'm sure so you could be more. Yeah. You could do an arc plasma lighter. Um, to heat up some stuff um like if you had steel steel wool or something like that uh in the right yeah. environment you could do make that happen um but i think on the cooking side you're probably not going to see anything right away because the amount of energy that it takes to do that uh yeah. or the device would get destroyed in the process i think the closest thing that has generated a significant amount of heat that i've ever seen is one of those um those foiling pens and uh, that's why I got it because I was like, I bet I could use this to to do something. And it had nothing to do with crafts. It's probably pink like my phone, but uh, it gets hot. And I'll tell you what, you know, if I had to torture something or, you know, skewer a frog leg or something, it could definitely work. Like so this Ed is says, cool. This, this is Ed. Uh, he's a buddy of mine. We go way back. He used to, he gave me the nickname of Conan, the librarian when I worked <laughs> as a, nice. a uh, librarian assistant in high school. So he was a, a local guy at the boys and girls club. It's nice to see Ed. Anyway, he's a radio guy. So I appreciate the fact nice. that he's willing to listen to us talk, but this is a legit good idea. What do you, can you see that there? Oh yeah. The screen? Yeah. What do you think? I don't know. I, I think you crazy. could do it, especially. So if you took like a coat hanger, a wire coat hanger and wrapped it around this, made a coil, yeah. And basically skewered, for example, a hot dog, a piece of meat or something like that. You'll yep. be able to transfer the heat enough to at least cook it. You might not. I mean, it would be basically like that, you know, cook a, a small hot dog, be in a sausage, maybe like I said, a squirrel leg, frog leg, something like that. It might not be enough to cook it, cook it, but it would be enough to at least get it above the temperature where you could eat it without getting some sort of weird disease. Make it and I don't power. don't quote me on that because I've never done it before, and I don't want people <laughs> like you know, like trying like oh this guy, you know on on Tim Toolman Tim's podcast said I could do this. Well, yeah, it's and worth Ryan a shot. Said it was okay. We could cook frog legs yeah. with a USB heater, a foil pen from uh, what Hobby Lobby, and he said hundred percent it would kill all the salmonella and bacteria. Absolutely, yeah. MacGyver yeah. that. Yes, that's a that is definitely not a guarantee, guys. So. Yeah. 
<laughs> so I wanted to drop two more things. Do we have time? Sure. Yeah. So before I, why don't, yeah, let, let's finish up with those two more things. And okay. this is, yeah. Anyway, I, if you're interested in like another month, I think we should do a follow-up to the show. If, if sure. you like down oh, the road, yeah. I, 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 we, this is too much fun. I know you and I could talk about this shit all night long. So oh, yeah, easy. Yeah. That's cool. So yeah, go ahead. So have two things. <clears throat> I like to look backward sometimes to be able to look forward. And I dropped one link in here about pagers. Now, for those of us who've been live long enough to know what a pager even is, um, you would know that there is a level of communication that exists before text messaging was even here. And that was delivered through pagers. You can actually get, and this particular link is through, the only one that I could find was in Europe. Uh, so you're gonna have to deal with Brexit over there to be able to get one. But it is possible to get USB rechargeable pagers. And why is this important? Well. What's the range of a pager? I don't know if you remember. It's a lot uh, further. I'm going to guess it's a lot further than a phone, but it might be correct. Wrong. No, yeah. and and that's just it. It's basically a, a a secondary. It's like a backup to a text message system. And I remember back in the day, the kids at school that had pagers were usually slinging drugs. Sure. <laughs> and why yeah. was that? Because you could communicate discreetly. And be able to keep the ball rolling. And, you know, I, I know here in this region, there was a lot of activity. on. Oh, my lost him again. But I'm thinking, I know I'll throw it in here that a lot of the hospitals still use them because the pagers will get down into the, like the basements of hospitals. They'll go basically anywhere that a cell signal won't. And I'm thinking you'd probably be able to send messages in areas where maybe you couldn't even quite get a text message through. Correct. And that's a big deal because uh, like if you look at Egypt in 20, uh, 2011, uh, they basically shut off the internet. Yes. That's and right. They During did the that, spring or whatever. Correct. And if you watch, you watch, if this happens in uh, of Ottawa, mm -hmm. it's going to be, it's going to be a nightmare. But yeah, the thing right. is, there is a potential for an immediate shutdown and you have to be able to communicate either with a radio or with something else. This is that something else. So even though it's dated technology, it's technology that still works and it's mm -hmm. technology that can work even better now that you don't have to put AAA batteries in it. You don't got to have a charging station. You can stick it in a USB charger and throw it in your or, you know, not even stick it in a USB charger, just use a USB charger that you use for everything else to power this that your family member has across the country and find out what's happening where the or that someone in your mag group has when you don't have cell service or two-way radio service. So it's yeah. just kind of a, a different level of communication. The other one that I dropped in was a Sterling engine. This is something further up here, guys. I'll bring it up here. Sorry, go ahead. So a Sterling engine uh, is something that I've been waiting for people to come out with in a way that we can really use on mm -hmm. a small scale as a prepper side of things. And I, I know it can be done. I don't have the time or energy to show people how it can be done. But if you take a Sterling engine and a tea light candle, you can power your phone. Yeah. You can power your charging systems. You can power your two-way radios with a single tea light candle. There's, I've, I've seen videos and I'm surprised I knew what this was when you put it up there, but over in Britain, there's guys that use them 
to power little like rowboats and things like a little yes. um uh, what you, like a trolling motor you know correct it's really yeah. cool yeah and this is a completely underutilized technology that is starting to come around because people are trying to figure out uh, how to make the most out of the energy that we have available. Mm -hmm. And the Stirling engine was shot down when it was originally invented because it wasn't able to provide power on a large scale, like a hydro facility or coal or nuclear or whatever on time down the line. But as more and more people look at Sterling engines. These are things that could potentially power an entire house. And that's the way they were essentially designed uh, to where you could start a fire in your wood stove and be able to generate power in your house. And I think as preppers, we really need to look for something that is like this, that will work in those scenarios because I can light a fire no matter mm. what time of year it is off of my wood stove and be able to get energy off of it to get power off of my wood stove forget that's even a possibility if anybody hasn't seen those look up the sterling engines they 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 look like some kind of perpetual motion machine they should not work you wouldn't think but they are they're really cool yeah i like them cool well i that's kind of that's kind <laughs> yeah. of my shtick i i'm really excited to be able to come on and talk about this stuff Probably know. another two I, hours. We're not careful. I know. That's why we're <laughs> going to do a part two. I don't know if I've ever said that with a guest yet. I mean, I've had lots of one to have back on, but we'll do a part two, maybe in a month or six weeks or something. And maybe we can make it an ongoing because technology, honestly, and I know this sounds funny, but it really is an under discussed topic in preparedness because we always, everybody's like hot and horny to go live in the woods and bushcraft the rest of their life. But we have to live our lives day to day for forever maybe you know so embrace it use it if it's there right absolutely i mean and use the power a, that you have available yeah i mean if you had a bear running at you and you know you you, you had the choice between a club and a shotgun or a rifle what are you going to use you're you know what i mean like you're you're going to give it a 12 gauge to the head before you try to beat it off with a baseball bat right right yeah so ryan tell us where can people find That's, you yeah and i mean it's it really comes down to your mindset and mm -hmm. yeah, being able, else, yeah. yeah, being able to think outside the box is really kind of where it, where to me, it starts to hit home when it comes to gear. Cause I love gear mm -hmm. and I can look at all kinds of gear like, oh, cool. But... oh, we might've lost you, Ryan. We've done so good. Hang on just a second. Well, I'll see if it kicks back in for you, buddy. Yeah, still there? That. Yeah, there yeah. we go. No, no worries, man. See, you got talking about something really important. So the CSA oh. or the yeah, CIA jumped in there. So oh yeah. Oh, Elon Musk decided to block me out. Yeah. No, but I think you know the, the real big thing is making sure that your stuff talks together. And, and it's got to be like, you know, Transformers or Power Rangers or however you want to think about it. Just Voltron. make Voltron, make all those parts work together. Uh, and when you when you go to purchase something, if you're thinking about that, can this work with this or that? How can these things interrelate? Uh, it it starts to open up whole new doors and, and opportunities for you to be able to really take advantage of what's out there and find things like, you know, little foiling pens and realize that, oh, wow, this is a powerful tool. Absolutely. I love it. I love that idea for the foiling pen. Shove it right up the hot dog, you know? Heck yeah. That's awesome. Cool. So where can everybody find you, Ryan? I know where I can find oh. you, but you let everybody else know. 
Yeah, so uh, Colin and I are live on Tuesday nights at Prepper Broadcasting Network over at the Next Generation Show. Um, that's 6 p.m. Pacific time. If you want to tune in or check out the download on the podcast, whatever you prefer. Um, we do have a show page over there at Prepper Broadcasting uh, where you can find all our archives and all that kind of stuff. I haven't updated it in forever, but it's there. Uh, also, if you're interested in the book, Feel free to check that out. It's available on Amazon, um, Barnes and Noble, some of the other book providers. Uh, it's called Pint Sized Prepper Projects. Love that name. And uh, if you look up my name or Colin's name, you should be able to find it. And then if you're interested in those apples, check us out over at stasis.vip. Um, and I one of the things that I wanted to do when I built this company was to try and and alleviate some of the problems that people have. Uh, we were witness to one of the one of the worst wildfires that I had ever experienced here in the Northwest last year. Uh, excuse me, year, was it last year, year before last? I can't remember. It must have been the year before last. An entire city burnt to the ground, uh, a small town, and uh, it was really devastating and i made we we made a couple of uh relief trips up that way to send gear and supplies to those people and i made sure to take colin with me and i realized that because there, there was a couple of exchanges that had happened when we were driving through that town and it was if you ever want to see what apocalypse looks like go through a town that's been burned to the ground um it's really it's it's something else and it'll it'll humble anybody uh but I remember that the people of that town wanted very simple things. All they wanted was a, you know, a little bit of food, maybe a little bit of heat, uh, you know, nothing, nothing extravagant, just necessities. And so when I built this company, I wanted to be able to do more than just sell apples or sell freeze dried apples and, and, you know, do like that. So if you use the promo code relief, R E L I E F, mm -hmm. uh, that, will give me the signal on my end to uh, give you a significant discount on the purchase of whatever you decide to get. Uh, it's about 50% off five, zero 50% off. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and I am basically using that to match whatever people buy and send that to the next disaster zone. Nice. So if there's a tornado, a flood, an earthquake, fire, uh, you know, these things that happen, if we got people on the ground who know where the church is, know where the car dealership is, know where, you know, the relief stations are, I'll drop ship the whatever I've got collected up into that point to that location uh, so that these people who have nothing can at least have a taste of something when the world was okay. Yeah. Um, so check it out, stasis.vip. I'm really excited about that company. Hopefully it, it takes off and hopefully your listeners can get something out of that. Absolutely. Uh, and you have a, another website too, uh, or your main website? Oh, what is it? Yeah. Uh, Tacticaltorture.com, that yeah. one? We're talking about that one? Oh, okay. I, yeah, because I got a bunch of iron in the, in the fire. This is a, a review website that I put together a couple of years ago. Um, I do prepper gear reviews uh, specifically tailored to stuff like what we talked about today you know mm -hmm. things that people wouldn't normally think is prepper related gear uh to to try and see if it kind of holds up to you know brutal tests and things of that nature um so that one's ta tactical torture.com 
Uh, there's a couple of cool reviews in there that we've done so far, and I got some other ones coming. There's there's one for these uh, Tuck Tech foldable kayaks uh, that Colin and I have used on a couple of different adventures. They fold up um, really small. I mean, we put them on the front of our four wheeler and go off into the sticks and have a good old time and and real you know use this thing for other stuff like you know packing wood or packing game or whatever you want. It's basically a a kayak that you can. There's a lot more just taking it out on the water. So uh, hopefully I'll get that video out and published here pretty soon. It's It's been a while, but I, I'm really impressed with that kind of stuff. I like I like seeing what's out there and taking this brain up here making and it work. making it work. <laughs> That's freaking awesome. I love it. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> this was awesome. I loved it. We'll, uh, we got to do a part two. I, I could sit around and talk about uh, USB gear. Oh, this is fun. This was too much fun. And it's the same way my brain works, you know? So thank yeah. you, Ryan. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. And, and thanks for your, uh, to your listeners. I appreciate it. And, and I, I'm thankful to have you on the Prepper Broadcasting Network. It's a great addition and uh, hopefully it, uh, it works out as well for you as it has for me. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you want to hang in for just a second, I'll, I'll yeah. close up the show and I'll be right back. Sounds great. Cool. All right, guys. Well, that, that was just incredible. I, um, yeah, I don't know. You always want somebody that you can bring on. And I mean, Ryan's just full of information. He's a good feller and I, I can't believe how much information he brought tonight. So we're going to have him back. We got to do it in another month, whatever. I, I've always wanted to have an ongoing series with somebody for interviews and I think we found it. This was great. I loved it. So, <laughs> so like he said, check out his uh, next generation podcast on Tuesday nights at Oh boy, I want to. I think I had the time. He said the time earlier, but anyway, <laughs> Tuesday nights live on the Purple Broadcast Network. Just run by there and check that out. If you want to, where can you find me next? Fireside Freedom, the new uh, group podcast, the collaboration one. We are on uh, Tuesday, uh, Wednesday night, 6 p.m. Mountain Time. I get too many time zones here. It's crazy. Uh, so Wednesday night, we're going to have Amy Dingman. Uh, no, maybe not Amy. Uh, sorry guys. I can't remember exactly who we have coming on, but the episode's going to be on side hustles and getting your hustle on. So that's going to be great. Thursday night is repairedness. We're going to talk about the exterior of your home and how you can protect it against anything and everything. Emergencies, you know, bad weather, the whole works. So yeah. Anyway, guys, that is it for this week. I appreciate it. I tell you every single week, that you can spend your time anywhere and you choose to come and hang out with us in the workshop. So I appreciate it. Anyway, guys, as always, stay happy, stay healthy, and have a great week.